Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Uh, we got some follow-up this week, and this first one made me laugh because I was actually, uh, I, for whatever reason, I, I reinstalled a bunch of things with my TV and my Apple TV and my Fire Stick and all that sort of stuff and uh, reconnected everything and reconnected it to Amazon and all that sort of stuff. So everything was reconnecting. And of course, you know, now that they're all so connected, they try to get you to, you know, connect even further and, and get further and further into the ecosystem. So as I was hooking up my TV and my Amazon Fire Stick and it was like, you can control inputs, just say blah, 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 blah. And this was like maybe 20 minutes after Chris had sent this in. Uh, so this is from Chris. I laughed out loud at the description of using Alexa to switch weight values on Nordic track dumbbells. I have no idea how any of this voice activated stuff saves anyone any time. One of my grumpy old man sticking points is my refusal to put smart, smart speakers in my apartment. It's partly about privacy, partly about not knowing what to do with them apart from setting timers, and partly my firsthand observations of my friends and their Alexa and Google speakers, which is always like this. Him. Google. Change TV to HDMI 2. Long pause. Nothing happens. Him. Google. Change TV to HDMI 2. Long pause. Nothing happens. Him. Google. Change. Me. The remote is right in front of you. So why? Him. Because it's magic. Google changes the fucking TV to HDMI 2. Long pause. Nothing happens. And he can't believe I haven't bought one yet. That sums it up. That and that was my experience, too, because that's what they told me to try. <laughs> and I tried it and it never got it right. And then I just hit the button on the remote that's right there that does that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that happens. Yeah. I mean, voice the voice stuff is great. I like the assistant. I like being able to ask time. I like to be able to ask, uh, you know, uh, timers. I like to be able to ask for conversions of units, especially now that I'm living in the land of centigrade. And I don't understand that. I'm a Fahrenheit <laughs> boy. Um, yeah, I like playing music. That's what it's good for. But for like stuff that's just easily done with just a push of a button, like why? But they try to get you to do it. <laughs> yeah, very much always unsuccessfully. Yes. I'm, I'm kind of glad my roommate has put the kibosh on those things because it just saves me a lot of time and money, frankly. Yeah. I mean, I like it. Again, like I said, I, we use it primarily to listen to music. It's great for that. Um, and listening to the radio because we don't have a radio in the house anymore. But, you know, through the uh, tune in and all that other sort of stuff coming through the smart speaker, it's good for that. So I like it. I got to say, yeah. Yeah. When I left, uh, uh, what was it? When I moved to Chicago for time 37.623, um, I used TuneIn to get K-Rock in yep. the morning right. through my lady in the tube when I was in the kitchen. And then, you know, funnily enough, after I got kind of tired of it and I got into Chicago radio, when I moved back to Los Angeles, I used the same thing to get Chicago radio in the morning <laughs> until I got tired of it. Yeah. And a bit more follow-up. AT&T and Verizon are delaying their 5G rollout at some airports after airlines warn of disruptions. So they are voluntarily delaying the deployment of their new C-band 5G services near some airports after several carriers, including Delta, United, and Southwest Airlines, wrote to the federal government to warn of potential flight delays due to the rollout. So some airports... I yep, left some an airport that didn't allow 5G, but I'm flying into one. So if that disrupts shut, I'm dead. <laughs> no, it's, Is that the way it it's works? Only, it's a couple of things. It's only Boeing 777s. So yep. it's the, the big long haulers. 
Um, yeah, a couple major airports. It's a pain in the ass because, you know, these people just, they had years to figure this out and they didn't get off their ass to do it. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why the airlines are frustrated because everybody knew it was coming and everybody else in the world figured it out except yep. us. Yep, exactly. So yeah, even with COVID, they figured it out. Come on, guys. <laughs> Fix it. It's just 5G. It's not like everybody on the plane doesn't already chipped with their 5G vaccinations anyway. Thank you, Bill Gates. So what's the holdup? Exactly. <laughs> In the news. And speaking of being chipped with your 5G uh, COVID vaccine, the government's new website for ordering free COVID tests is out. It launched a day early in beta, and this is in the U.S. I know we have a lot of uh, international listeners. What I find hilarious here in Canada, which has been so forward ahead of the U.S. in terms of COVID response, you can't get a rapid test here, but uh, the U.S. finally stepping up in year three and sending four free tests to uh, everybody that basically signs up for it through the U.S. Postal Service. Um, this is mostly notable because the government actually apparently made an easy-to-use simple website, which has is been unable to, to so far. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I used it. I ordered it. The uh, here, Here's the thing about these, these test kits. Now, there's four per home mm -hmm. per address. So, like, I can't order four and my roommate can't order four. It's just four per address. Yep. And there's so many questions I have about this because, A, this is going to screw up the, you know, the testing numbers for like, you know, government agencies. Like we yep. get the numbers every day on how many people test positive. If you're testing at home, well, there's four opportunities right there not to get the numbers done. Um, and at this point, it's like testing is kind of even, it's just so damn arbitrary right the, now. The science on Omicron seemed to be that the tests are hit or miss. They're not that great. This is referring to the rapid tests, by the way, yeah. not, the, not the PCRs. Not the PCR and, tests. And again, yeah. the theory behind this, and, and the governments and the CDC have done such a horrible job of, of conveying the message and how it works. If you do a rapid test and you test positive, you are now supposed to go and get a PCR test, which the government is tracking. So yeah. uh, that's the way it's supposed to work, people. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> anyway, let's get – here's the deal. The website's nice. It worked. Yes, it <laughs> so, works. So send me my stupid test. There you go. Uh, Apple and Google, unsurprisingly, are opposing Senate antitrust efforts claiming they'd hurt consumer security. So this is the American Innovation and Choice Online Act and the Open App Markets Act, which the Senate Judiciary Committee is discussing this week. Uh, the uh, Apple says the bills put consumers in harm's way because of the real risk of privacy and security breaches. The company specifically targets app side loading as a potential threat. So the bills are basically saying you can put anything you want on your own devices. Now, my response to Apple there is people don't have to sideload apps if they know it's not safe. Right, right. I want to know what consumer Google's choice. Yeah, I want to know what Google's argument is because they, you've been <laughs> able to sideload and they're not. They're obviously you know, not a big about consumer security. So well, Google doesn't have an argument. Google has a statement <laughs> that means nothing. They say okay. Google is able to protect billions of people around the world from cyber attacks because we bake security and privacy protections into our services. You know what else you bake into your services? <laughs> Threats. Yeah, I call balderdash on that one, sir. <laughs> balderdash. Yes. So we'll see what happens with that. 
A little NFT news. I know we're trying to step away from this, but this article was so goddamn funny. I just had to put it in here. (laughs) Uh, Which celebrity has the saddest NFT? And this is over at Slate. And I am not going to ruin this for anyone. It is you need to go read it. Uh, It's Yanni, by the way, just in case you were wondering. I did like the last uh, sentence of this. (laughs) I like how you're not going to ruin it. It's Yanni. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's in the URL. And the funny part is actually the writing of the story, not not who it actually is. So they, they lead with it. I'm I'm not like throwing something out here. Uh, So the end of the article is, as for the future of the supposedly revolutionary advancement in brand monetization and speculation, the celeb NFT, the jury is out. For all their high-tech aspirations, Yanni and crew have thus far separated at least 347 people from $40 of their money, racking up $13,880 of revenue for Yanni Inc. Hopefully for both sides, the transaction was worth it. Nice. Nah, not so much. And uh, just something that I overheard since we're all working from home, and this was a consortium of lawyers having a big conversation on Zoom uh, that uh, (laughs) from the music industry. Um, This is what I overheard and just made me laugh. A smart contract is not smart or a contract in anything we would even remotely consider a legal sense. At best, it's a hope that at some point any of this might even be slightly enforceable and somebody will see some money someday. Yeah, because, you know, just because you call a thing a thing doesn't make it a thing. You know, it's not smart. It's not a contract. Uh, just no, like lawyers cur- agree. It's yeah, and like, exactly. Like cryptocurrency is just chips at a casino. Full self-driving, definitely not, you know. But I, I do want to point out there's, I put a link in the show notes to an article over at Wild called The Dune NFT Fiasco is the Least of Crypto's Legal Worries. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about this story. This is one of the biggest ones I actually wanted to put in here, and I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great story. Such a great story. What so a bunch it, of idiots. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Those people are idiots. But this story actually goes even deeper into NFTs, mm-hmm. and it's in the art world. And it's it's a really good read. But yeah, the Dune thing, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the TLDR <laughs> on that is a bunch of people got together a shit ton of money to buy a copy of Dune, thinking that they now had the copyright to Dune. And they overpaid by 10x. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Good times. Good times. I know. It's, it's, it's just stupid money. It is monopoly money for these kids. Yep, it is. Uh, But governments are finally starting to step up a little bit to do something about it. The UK government has announced an official crackdown on misleading crypto ads. Uh, They want to update their laws to bring the promotion of crypto assets within the scope of financial promotions legislation, basically treating it like everything else. Stocks, bonds, gold, oil, pigs, dirt, (laughs) all the sorts of things that people invest in. Did you have you seen the uh, the pictures that people have been posting from the tube in London? It's basically all crypto ads everywhere. Well, it's crazy. Th- 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 drive through downtown LA and go past the crypto.com arena. That's true. I mean, come That's on. True. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're trying to do something over in the UK, which is good. The Spanish government is currently establishing rules on how influencers and their sponsors will be promoting cryptocurrencies. So if you have more than 100,000 followers in the country, you must notify the National Securities Market Commission at least 10 days before plugging crypto assets. They'll face fines of up to 30,000 pounds, not not too shabby, or euros, sorry, euros fucking world changes too much (laughs) for breaching the rules which comes into force on february 17th so influencers will need to disclose if they're receiving payment for talking them up if that's the case they have to warn people and provide information about crypto assets and all that sort of stuff the rules also cover companies that promote crypto assets as well as pr companies they hire which is an interesting move not just the person doing it but the pr company that comes up with a campaign interesting uh 
I just so, channeled Kara Swisher there. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. What do you think about that, Brian? <laughs> I, I can't, Singapore I, is I doing can't this. listen to it. I can't listen to it anymore. That's the I'm sorry. Thing. I totally ruined it for you with that, didn't oh, I? All yeah, she says is interesting. And what do you think what about that? What do you that? think about that? Yeah. That, that, is, the, that is the brilliant uh, interviewer that is Kara Slisher. So, <laughs> Meanwhile, Singapore's authorities ask crypto companies outright not to market their services to the public. So they're basically just banning it. Uh, French authorities find a reality TV star 20,000 20, euros for misleading commercial practices over a Bitcoin trading site ad on Snapchat. And of course, here in the U.S., Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather are uh, named as defendants in a class action lawsuit that accuses them of taking part in pump and dump schemes. So it's finally good to see governments stepping up a little bit. Well, they're making the rules. The French are the only people that have actually fined somebody so far. So we'll see yeah. uh, how that goes. And here's the thing. So it, it, the thing is, influencers and other advertisers with more than 100,000 followers, blah, 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 face fines up to 300,000 euros, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it should be... They should be a multiple of followers on this. So, you know, let's say let's take uh, one hundred thousand units as a, uh, a, a we'll call that a Kardashian. Uh, a, one or, Kardashian. Uh, like a Kartoshi. It'll be a Kartoshi, like okay. a Satoshi. Right. And uh, so the fine is three hundred thousand euros. So you multiply that Kartoshi times the three hundred thousand euros, and then you should get the fine. I like that. I think that's how it works. I think that's how it should work too. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's Good go with thought. that. Okay. Uh, let's let's call the internet police and run that past them. <laughs> yes, the internet police. And now we need internet lawyers too. So let's get on that. Uh, Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. Maybe. This has Maybe. to be approved. This has to be approved. So this will make the combined entity, entity the third largest game company. Game company by revenue, according to Microsoft, and would put titles like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Candy Crush under the company's wing. They plan to add Activision Blizzard games to Game Pass as part of the deal, which is the real deal. That's what they want all this stuff for, uh, because Microsoft Game Pass has now topped 25 million subscribers. So this is the all-you-can-eat-pay whatever, I don't know how much money what? it is, 10 bucks a month or something like it's, that? It's, I, th I think mine's nineteen ninety five for the gold. I okay. think that's what it is. I've got it. I barely use it, but I, I'm a paying Game Pass subscriber. Yeah, well, that that is the real model. That's the gym model, right? Get everybody to pay and hopefully they barely use it. So well, the cool they, thing about it is you get free games every yeah. month that you can save. You, some games rotate in and out. You don't get like, you know, every game on the planet, but you do get a good enough amount of games mm -hmm. that you can basically play nonstop without sleeping the entire month and have new games all the time. You <laughs> Great. Know, same as Netflix. Yeah, idiocracy in a nutshell, but there you go. Uh, 25 million subscribers now, which is a nearly 39% jump over the 18 million it had a year earlier. And obviously this is a play to bump those numbers a lot because all the money is in the subscriptions. You know, I was thinking like this should definitely not get approved because it's, you know, <laughs> they own the platform, they own the game, same issues as everything else. But when you look at who the competitors are, their mm -hmm. next biggest competitor, even after this merger, would be Sony. Which owns Sony the also platform. does exactly. <laughs> yes. So it's like and you it's know, a to bit stay hard. competitive. And yeah. it's a bit hard to to pass that or 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 to say no to this when you look at well, you have you've done shit about Amazon, you've done shit about Facebook. They're all same kind of thing. It's we're just allowing these monopolies and all these different verticals to go. And how are you going to say no to Microsoft now? Well, there's you know there's speculation that this is going to be the test case to see if anybody has any any teeth or any balls over at the the FTC. So, right. 
you know, honestly, I don't care if this one goes through or not. Um, as long as they get the CEO of Activision out, which is on the on the board, you know, once he gets transferred over, he'll take his, you know, yep. titanium umbrella and head off into the sunset. Yeah. So, which is good, which is what needs to happen. He needs yeah. to get the hell out. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't care less if this goes through or not. I love my Xbox, uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> if I get If I get better games and can save 60 bucks a year on Call of Duty, I'm in. I'm in. Right. So I I saw this one and I just it, I don't know what to think anymore. This is this is up there with when Instagram Instagrammers were uh, getting plastic surgery to look like their filters and snappers. <laughs> um, it's called bring in the clones. Instagrammers are genetically replicating their pets. Okay. So there's a trend now with uh, influencers who have you know famous pets on Instagram. Is that they're they're cloning pet, them? Pet when influencers. They their pet influencers are cash cow clones, as I like to call them. <sighs> Out of all of the pets that uh, should have been cloned but were not, I, I look back fondly to our our show mascot, Tard the Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat, If, yep. if there was one animal that I would have been okay with cloning, that would have been Tard. But uh, nope, nope, we got to get all these twats with their pets. That's it. And it's not cheap. It's 35000 to $50,000, depending on the pet. So... <laughs> And some people are getting multiples and handing out the puppies as I don't know. There's, a, there's some key quotes in here that I particularly liked. Uh, one yes. of the one of the women that did it. Uh, I got a lot of crap about cloning. People say I have zombie dogs or they call me a crazy rich girl. It was hurtful to me at first. But then I realized I'm a rich girl. She didn't say that <laughs> last part, but I'm, yeah, adi- all- I'm adding the unspoken part there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, first. you are a crazy rich girl. Uh, and then here at the end, again, the same girl. The biggest thing for me was to have her legacy carry on and continue the bloodline. I was not in a good place at the time. I figured it would be something that would heal my heart a bit. If only nature had provided a way for legacies to carry on and continue bloodlines. I know if that just wasn't, it, it, you know, if that just wasn't built into the spec. Plus this thing called <laughs> evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I, it, it's, I love my dog. I love Bam Bam to death. She is my, my, my pride and my joy, but I don't want another one of her. Yep. You know, when she goes, she goes. That's the way it should be because also, it's not the same dog. Clones aren't the same dog. And I've seen Pet Cemetery. <laughs> we know how this ends with a Ramon song. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app, and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to gog.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. 
That's GOG.show slash VPN. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once. They continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA flower, is a game changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say each provided a unique enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with Mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG.
That's hellomood.com, code G-O-G. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factors chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Media Candy. I watched the latest season of The Witcher. Um, it was fine. I found that the first two seasons, I actively watched it. This last season, I was on my phone and it was on in the background. Okay. Yeah. Sums that up. <laughs> uh, the Expanse wrapped up. I would have happily taken more. I was fine with how it ended. I, I The only reason I would have taken more is they killed off uh, Marco, which I hated his whole storyline. And uh, yeah, it would have know. been nice to have more story without Marco in it. Yes, <laughs> <at the end. laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm sad it's gone. I, I'm sure th there will be many campaigns to bring back the expanse, but uh, they kind of buttoned it up. So I don't it's see it happening. It's done. It's fine. It's yep. fine. It's let it let it let it go. Let yep. it go. <laughs> let it go. Reboot it in 15 years like they're doing with BSG. Yeah, oh, they are. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Oh, no. It's the Mr. Robot guy. Sam, whatever. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, we go from Ron Moore to that guy? I don't, Jesus. They're both bad. <laughs> How do you pick? Shit for shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, not shit. Encanto. Charming. Delightful. Really picked me up uh, when I was feeling pretty bad. It is one of the best Disney movies in recent years. I think I only like Moana more. 
Okay. I'll leave and, you to uh, that one. <laughs> they have a huge hit song that's come out of this. We don't talk about Bruno, which has been the worst earworm I've ever had in my life. I sit here and try to work, and I just start singing the song in my head. It is phenomenal. And there's a really good article that gets into exactly why it's so phenomenal, and it's worth a read and in our show notes. Yeah, it is an interesting read. I didn't actually like the song, so... It grows on you, man. Part. It grows on no, you. No, it it won't. It won't because <laughs> I'll never play it again. Okay, fair uh, enough. If I hear it one more time, it'll be if I watch Encanto, which is a very big if right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. It's really good. All right. Speaking of series ending, uh, Ray Donovan ended abruptly right when COVID started. And they're like, ah, we're not going to make any more. And after a huge outcry, they're like, okay, okay, okay. We'll make you a movie. <laughs> and they didn't, I mean, it, it came out of the blue. I never heard anything about it. Then one day an ad popped up and it's like, hey, Ray Donovan, the movie starts tomorrow. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I uh, watched it. It wrapped up the series nicely, put a bow on it. Um, felt very rushed, very much like the last season of The Expanse, but it did the job. Right. It did the job that I wanted it to do. So yeah, it was good. It was good. If you were a Ray Donovan fan, you definitely want to watch this. Uh, I wouldn't put it up there with the Deadwood movie, which is the, you know, the ultimate way to end a series, unlike right. Game of Thrones. What? Uh, you don't think BSG's The Plan did did a good job? Uh, they called it The Plan and there was no plan? There was no was plan. Which is what we found yeah. out about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I still don't mind the ending on BSG as much as you do. <laughs> um, and I watched, uh, I finished this up last night, Station Eleven on HBO Max. I watched uh, the first episode and it gave me PTSD. Yeah, it uh, can do that. It yeah. can definitely do that. Um, but for me, being stuck here, and uh, the thing is, it's a very slow burn. Mm -hmm. It's a very slow burn show, 10 episodes long. Uh, for my brain, at its current state of evolution, it is exactly what I needed. Cool. Um, and because uh, it's like very slow shots. I can't watch anything that has jittery cut shots. You know, if you if I watch like the Born Identity two, uh, I would be in the hospital again because it's right. just too spastic stuff like <laughs> shaky cam stuff. I cannot watch. Uh, even cooking shows that they move the camera too fast make me nauseous. So, so you don't want to watch was, the the Blair Witch tomorrow? No, that would okay. be bad. Okay. That would be very bad. <laughs> Although I have to, to my credit, I was the only one in the theater that didn't puke when I saw the Blair Witch. <laughs> I wanted to puke from the smell, but I was not. I was the only one that, in my group that didn't puke. But uh, no, I recommend Station Eleven. It uh, actually has a really good arc. There will be no more. It was just based on a book. So nice limited series. And uh, I thought it started, it definitely mm -hmm. started a little rough. There's some PTSD in there, but you can get past that. And the story I thought was phenomenal and the acting was phenomenal. So for me, I give it like an eight, eight and a half. Cool. I'll stick with it then. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. And uh, we have a bunch of Star Trek news that came out. The fourth season of Star Trek Discovery is set to come back from hiatus on February 10th, and they have announced a fifth season for the series in which the entire universe will get feelings and need to be consoled. You have to have a singularity for just the Kleenex Jeez. to come through from the alternate Christ. universe so everybody can have a good cry. So, I mean, first, there's just the the freaking crew needs to cry it out, then the ship needs to cry it out, now it's going to be the universe. That's all stupid stupid show if star Picard trek starts going to <laughs> star trek yeah. Picard season two is premiering march 3rd new episodes of the 10 episode season will drop each thursday uh star trek strange new worlds which is the show i have the greatest hope for right now since the star trek picard uh trailer is giving me pause and making me worry so we'll see about that one that will premiere may 5th new episodes of the 10 episode season will drop on thursdays as well Way to make sure I keep my subscription going. 
they are just stringing these things out perfectly. Uh, but after Strange New Worlds runs, I will probably cancel because Star Trek, well, I don't know. I like Star Trek Lower Decks. Season three is returning it's this summer good. for 10 <laughs> yeah. episodes. Damn it. All right. Finally, when Star Trek Prodigy season two or part two will be available later in 2022, I will drop my subscription. There we go. Okay. So Prodigy is the one that is That's like the Nickelodeon animated. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's the shitty one. Yeah. Um, What's don't Strange get, New Worlds? I don't know uh, that one. <laughs> Strange New Worlds is going to be the original. It's It's got Rebecca Romaine in it. I can't remember the name of the lead character, Anson Mount or something like that. It's Captain Pike, pre-Kirk, uh, running, okay. running the ship, running the old okay. school Enterprise. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in for that then. That yeah. I'm definitely in for. Uh, Picard, we're going to see, I think, the uh, the Sopranosification. You know, Picard is going to start seeing his therapist uh, <laughs> while he goes back in time. And well, his therapist has is Q. A, I mean, that's oh, basically right. going to be the plot. <laughs> yeah, you got me on that one. You got me on that one. Yeah. Uh, and in other news, uh, I saw this on Jonathan Frakes' Instagram stories. Uh, Lower Decks is definitely coming back for season three, but it has been picked up for season four as well. Okay, cool. So that's awesome. not going anywhere, which is I mean, good. That, because, like I said, that got better and better and funnier Oh, they and saved that. Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> saved that. See, I, I want to know why the team at Lower Decks listened to everybody kvetch about season one and how terrible it was. They fixed it in season two, but nobody likes Discovery, and they can't seem to fix it, but just keep making it worse. Well, we say no one likes Discovery, and I think a lot of Star Trek fans don't like Discovery, but it is the most streamed show on Paramount+. Plus. What else is there to fucking watch on Paramount+. Plus? This is like them saying on day one we had a record download day, because they went from zero to one. <laughs> I don't believe anything that comes out of their stats department. I'm sorry. Okay. And uh, I do have to give a shout out to a podcast this week called the Stroke Cast. It's not a gay porn show. No, it is not. It is not okay. a masturbatory show. But it is uh, if you if you are recovering from a stroke, it is fucking key because <laughs> you get to hear other people's stories, and uh, it's really good. And the guy who uh, who hosts it is really funny. I like him. Um, so definitely, uh, if you're in that boat with, uh, with me and, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people every year, uh, it's well worth a listen. Link is in the show notes. Ups and doodads. We had, uh, quite a few people write in about my conundrum with the magnet and the window size location apps for Mac. And, uh, let's see, Klepto wrote in and said, try stay by cordless dog, uh, which I gave it a shot and I didn't really care for it. It still didn't seem to do exactly what I needed to do. And then both Cal and Jerry wrote in about a many tricks app called Moom, which does do the trick. And I now have installed and purchased. Yep. I got it too. $9.99 on the app store, the Mac yep. app store. I guess it's you can perfect. buy it from their site too. Uh, it does exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> I, I set up my podcast windows, uh, frame and i brought it up right before we started recording and everything's in its right place and then i have my normal work uh window setting which i can pop into and I've, then i've got my uh fucking around and just surfing window set and it's great it's awesome yeah what's really nice about it is too is it has monitor detection so you can have different sets for different monitors which is what i have yep so it's really nice because i got that big curved samsung monitor that we both work on mm -hmm. so that has a lot more pixels on it so my windows go in a different uh, yep. layout and then when i go in the house i work on a 27 inch uh retina monitor that is not curved and much smaller <laughs> and uh i have a different window set for that and it works beautifully works beautifully i i it's well worth the 10 bucks yep agreed it's a great app so thanks everybody for writing in uh barrett wrote in and said great site to get past paywalls 12 foot ladder 
which I think we've talked about on the show before. I don't remember this one. This is the first mm. time I saw this one. Okay. Well, there well, you go. Hey, you wanna... I, we could have talked about it 30 times and I still wouldn't remember. That's true. <laughs> but... So we'll go with my memory over yours right now. I'm pretty sure we talked about this. So yeah, it does. It does what it says on the tin, but remember, no, it doesn't support journalists. <laughs> First, the first time I used it, I, it did not work for me. I tried to use it on the Financial Times to read an article just as a test. Oh, really? And uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Okay. So. Well, it doesn't work for everybody then or for yeah. every site. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good to have in your back pocket. But most of the sites that I go to with paywalls, I actually pay for now. So that's the way that goes. Um, before we were talking about uh, stroke things in uh, Media Candy. Uh, it turns out on most of the boards that I've been on, on my Facebook boards, uh, <laughs> uh, everybody is saying that, uh, the Oculus quest two is really helping them with their, uh, their recovery and, uh, you know, with hand-eye coordination and things like that and, uh, just general stuff. Mm -hmm. So I bit the bullet cause I have a quest one and a friend of the show Fogarty and his wife, Stacy just bought quest twos for each other for, they both got them for Christmas. So they can sit around their apartment, <laughs> both with the headsets on. Uh, yeah, picture that one. And, uh, I'll be here joining them as well with my quest too. I, I got it. I tried it since my eyes have kind of come back into alignment physically. Now I can actually wear it and use it. It is an upgrade from the quest one. I'll give it that. I did have to create a new Facebook account to link it to my <laughs> Oculus account to make it work. Yes, mm -hmm. I know, but whatever. Um, it, uh, the resolution's better. The field of views a little better. Um, the sound is better. And I got the, uh, the, the pro headset head strap, mm -hmm. which makes all the difference in the world. It is so much more comfy. And, uh, I got the case for it too, which is like this big foamy or like, car it's like a carpeted egg <laughs> and it's like 60 bucks for this case, right? Fits everything perfectly. I'm happy with the case itself. They put a six cent zipper on this thing. It is <laughs> terrible. The right. zipper is god awful. I thought it was broken when I first got it because I couldn't get it to go, and I had to just keep going back and forth, and finally got it to pop. And then half the time when I open and close it, it gets stuck. Man, they skimped on that. They really skimped on that. But everything else is like really well built. I was quite surprised. Excellent. And I got an Indiegogo campaign funded that I forgot about a long time ago. <laughs> this is a triple 4K display dock for the MacBook Pro. Right. It's basically this long, thin bar with two USB-C cables that curve up and click into your laptop. And then it's got, you know, standard stuff on the back for multiple, multiple, multiple ports and multiple monitors. And I got this because it's not powered. You don't have to get a power brick, which okay. I thought was very interesting. It's well built. It is sitting here on the desk next to me because I haven't gotten it to work yet because my current monitor works on USB-C. Mm -hmm. and has a bunch of stuff plugged into it. Mm -hmm. And this does mm -hmm. not use monitors that work on <laughs> USB-C. I have to use HDMI or DisplayPort. So I don't have a cable for that right now. So it is sitting here on my desk looking at me going, nice one, dude. Nice one. Yeah. Uh, I also picked up the Rode VideoMic Go 2. Mm -hmm. This is a cool little microphone. Uh, it's based on the platform for the Rode VideoMic NTG. Now, the difference here is the Rode VideoMic NTG is $249, and the new VideoMic Go is $99. So I'm like, hmm, that sounds like a win. And uh, it is powered. I didn't, and I didn't know this was a thing, Brian. You're an audio guy from mm -hmm. long ago, so you can tell me about this. Um, you know, uh, mini plugs, 3.5 millimeter mini plugs. Yep. Like, you know, just headphone jack type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't know those could have power in them. They can. It's not good. 
but it works it, for low power situations. Yeah. It works great because, yeah. you know, this is a shotgun microphone yep. and it needs power to run. And you used to have to put in either a double A or a nine volt battery. Like in the yep. old video, the road video mic pros, mm -hmm. I got a box of or nine volt batteries just for that thing, which is a pain cool. in the ass. This actually is powered by that mini plug from my camera, from nice. my Nikon uh, Z7 II, That's which convenient. is great. Yep. But it also has a USB-C connection on it, too, which is cool because then you can plug it into your phone to power it. Mm -hmm. But you, And here's what I found out. Uh, this is another thing I didn't know about as far as cables go. Uh, USB-C to lightning cables. Did you know that there are two types? Yes, there are. It's I very annoying and confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not know that there were power only and power plus sync. Yes. So I did get a, a power plus sync cable so I can like actually put it on my, uh, put a mount, put you know, put it in a little cage on my phone and use it that way too. Here, the, the long and the short of it is um, I had the Rode VideoMic Pro for a couple years. I barely use it because it sounded so shitty. If you take it off, it's basically a, a cardboard tube <laughs> with a little, <laughs> you know, microphone module at the end. Sounds like garbage. This thing is a, is a real uh, nice shotgun mic and it sounds incredible it really does sound incredible and for 99 bucks you just cannot go wrong with it so if you're doing video and you want good audio definitely look into this thing it's brand new and uh with everything road check where you buy it from because uh their their stuff is knocked off so much they don't do a lot of uh, warranty stuff if you buy it from amazon so right. you have to be very careful like like i got bit with those uh uh, road podcaster mics i got knockoffs and those things fell apart so right. I, I at least i hope they were knockoffs because if they were true road microphones talk about shitty build quality is all i'm saying <laughs> but yeah. for now this works great all right and i threw this story in just because uh, we always bang on about this and we did earlier in the show as well words have meaning and they're supposed to mean something uh, big change at Reddit. Reddit is revamping its block feature so that blocking on Reddit functions more like other social platforms, i.e. actually blocks people. Oh, it didn't block before? That may sound obvious, but up until now, blocking on Reddit has been more like a mute feature in that it only worked one way. Oh. <laughs> that made the feature particularly ineffectual for people dealing with harassment or other forms of abuse as blocking didn't do anything to prevent the person from interacting with your posts. Now it will. Thanks, Reddit. <laughs> Thanks for wow. Reddit for actually making your block, I don't know, block. Was that in the SEC filing that they had to do before they went public? Probably. Probably. <laughs> At the library. So, Brian, since I can't watch a lot of things, I've been uh, trying to listen to more audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been listening to Aftermath by LeVar Burton. It's his first novel. It's a sci-fi novel, of course. Of course. And, uh... You know, of course, it's very dystopian, which is what I need right now. I need apocalypse and dystopia to get me okay. through the day because it makes me feel better. Because, you, you know, you can't just look out the window. Uh, well, <laughs> my, my, my needs come from a different place. Yes. Uh, it's not so much COVID-based. It's uh, internal instead right. of external. Uh, but I'm halfway through it, and I love it so far. I love it so far. It's oh, really well written. I love the characters. Um, it is definitely better than Brent Spiner's book as far as character development goes. And I really like Brent Spiner's book. So that should give you a, a tip on uh, what I'm thinking of LeVar's book. I recommend picking it up so far. I can't tell you anything about the ending because I haven't gotten there yet. Look, LeVar Burton is the thinking man geeks uh, Oprah. I will support anything this man does. Yep, absolutely. And uh, because I was trying to see if the other side of things worked, I picked up Humankind, a hopeful history by Rutger Bregman, Erica Moore, and Elizabeth Manton. 
it is a very hopeful book. It is a very big pick-me-up book, and it says people are not as bad as everybody thinks they are, and they have data to prove it. I don't give a fuck. I want the world to burn right now, so give me Aftermath. Give me Station Eleven. Um, I really don't care about your happy shit. That's why I probably will not watch your Disney movie, Brian. I okay. just don't care. All right. I'm probably going to just go watch Schindler's List on loop, and that will make me feel better. <laughs> okay. When you're ready for Encanto, it's waiting for you. Okay. Yeah, when I snap back to the other side. Um, Termination Shock by Neil Stevenson. <sighs> I am halfway I am halfway through this 700 page short story cuz everything so far could have been written in 10 pages that I care about. Um I am also about halfway through. I've been muddling through this book. I I, I think I've I've drawn a line in the sand. I'm going to finish this book one way or another. Oh, it's past the point of no return now. It must be yeah. finished. It must be finished. I, I'm still waiting for it to kick into gear. I agree uh, everything that I've read through so far could have been one chapter, even though it's been what? Uh, what's half of seven hundred? Thirty, three hundred and fifty <laughs> pages. Uh, so, I, 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 I'm really struggling with Neil Stevenson. I, I, I can't call him one of my favorite authors anymore because now I've gotten to about half his output. I can't stand. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the problem. It's like with him, Daniel Suarez, who I, I loved his first two books, and then everything else after I did not like. They've been okay, right? Um, uh yeah it's just this is not not happy good stuff i yeah. just i mean i still think diamond age is his best best novel yeah but, and of, of the recent stuff read me or however you're supposed to pronounce it was good um, and i loved seven eves obviously i that was great but those are the only two in like the last what 10 years that i've liked yeah it all started yeah. going bad with cryptonomicron hated that book series See, i love that book i love that good book they're good like if you're short Put them in the kitchen because you can step on them and reach things on the top. <laughs> well, yeah, Cryptonomicon was was pretty pretty long, uh, but I mean, it, it was no Baroque cycle. Come oh, on, God! Now the yeah, Baroque that was, cycle okay. that was horrible. That was I and I I listened to the whole thing, all like <laughs> ninety two hours of it. So yeah, that is a couple of weeks I won't get back. I, I literally drove across the country a couple of times listening to it, and I still couldn't finish it in the drive. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, expect no at the libraries for a while as we muddle through this crap. Security? Ha! Dave Bittner is back. Dave is the host of the Cyberware podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, and co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. Hello. Good to be back. Excellent. But so let's start off with the most important thing, which is, Jason, Boba how's Fett. it going? Oh, wait. I was going to no. say. Boba... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yeah, I figured that one, was coming. The, yeah, it's the one of us who's known Jason longer. <laughs> <laughs> how's it going, Jason? For 45 or... minutes. Come I on. Know. I know. I yeah. know. I know. <laughs> you, making, you feel like you're making progress? Bring, bring me up to date. I've been thinking about you a lot. Here's the fun part about a stroke. Uh so that that it's the gift that keeps on giving it is the gift that keeps on giving yes uh so i was feeling great that first couple of weeks and what i realized was i went to zero to 50 percent really really fast and i was like yes this is great life is good you know that stroke sampler i've almost uh finished it up and i'm gonna be on my merry way well it turns out zero to 50 percent did go quick 50 to 51 percent has taken 
Well, I haven't even gotten to 51% yet. Yeah, it's, it's not so, a linear process recovery, much like weight it loss. It is not. <laughs> you it plateau, not. you break through plateaus, yeah. Well, weight loss is one thing I, I have got on uh, lockdown now because the one thing that really, you know, because I, I, I can't think very well during the day because I can't sleep at night. There's all sorts of things that happen to stroke brain. But cooking for me has become the one thing that I can do in the morning for like, you know, two hours that is calming. I can focus on. I have to go very slowly so I don't cut my arms off. But <laughs> uh, it is it is actually quite enjoyable. And uh, through this, I've actually put together some scripts, and we're going to start shooting a cooking show next week. Oh, nice. Which is nice. Uh, basically kind of a hybrid me just dicking around in the kitchen and, and explaining how I'm taking recipes that I once was able to eat and figuring out how to make them stroke-friendly. Right. Because I basically can't have, you know, anything that is delicious anymore. So I have to figure out new <laughs> right. and exciting ways <laughs> to get rid of salt and cholesterol. Um, and the funny thing is, here's, the, here's a weight loss trick that is, you know, going to be basically key to the show. If you can get your diet under 1,000 milligrams of salt per day, you can mm. eat anything you want. And you will still lose weight. I'm on a linear progression of weight loss. I started the stroke at 222. I'm now at 208 on wow. a straight linear progression, not going too fast, not going too slow. Um, but it is basically when, I came, when it came down to it, cutting salt to 1,000 milligrams a day. Uh, I, if you figure out what those foods are, you can eat till you explode and you will still <laughs> lose weight. Right. Hmm. Well, interesting. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. it, could, it could be the strokey gourmet. <laughs> uh, we have a name for the show, which I'll tell you after the show, which is, which is pretty damn <laughs> okay. good. Okay, good. Better than Strokey Gourmet? <laughs> it is. It actually is. Okay. It is. Uh, <laughs> yes, our friend uh, Brian and I, our, my mutual friend Brian, uh, is the one that came up with the name. And I just love it. And I checked it out. And nobody's done it yet. So... Which is amazing for a cooking show on YouTube. It's like, come on, everything has to have been taken. Well, our, our mutual nope. friend Brian is a trained, uh, you know, comedian. He's, uh, I think, he went through Groundlings. So he should come up with something funny. Yes, he is extremely funny. <laughs> he's a professional funny man. Yes. So ah, all right. Yes, he's it's pretty good. I got to say, unlike us amateur funny men. That's right. Yes, we are. We, we are just <laughs> passing through the world of funny. Right. Uh, so hopefully he will be joining me on the show as cameraman and uh, food taster, which will be fun. Yeah. And uh, in, in preparation for one day being able to leave the house, I actually went and bought concert tickets for April Fool's Day of all places, <laughs> all times. Oh. Hmm. And it's funny because I'm going to go see a band uh, called Jawbreaker, who, yeah. has, who broke up, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, actually, almost 25 years ago because it's the 25th anniversary tour of their last album. Hmm. And... And and friend of the show Fogarty actually pointed out, he's like, if you had told me 20, 20 years ago that on April Fool's Day, 2022, I'd be in the middle of a pandemic going to see Jawbreaker in Los Angeles, I'd have told you you were a crazy man. But <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But sadly, on the Jawbreaker news, the I, I bought tickets for April 1st, got great seats, mezzanine first row because I'm not a savage and I'm old and I like to oversee the punk rock show. <laughs> you have to be not too close to the speaker stacks. Exactly. I want to see <laughs> yeah. the action, but I do not want to partake of the action. Right. Uh, the show sold out so fast that they added a second night uh, with one of my other favorite bands in the world that I've never seen live. So I have to go see them twice in a row now. So Aww, I have to get better baby. quick. Yes. I have to get better quick. And and <laughs> when I when I got my seats for the, the second night, I got almost the exact same seats. I got lucky enough that uh, that first row mezzanine was still open. So 
You can leave uh, a flask for the next day. Oh, well, wait, you can't uh, drink anymore. I can't drink. <laughs> a flask of tea. <laughs> yes. Hey, actually, today is the day that I, uh, a month ago, today I went in the hospital. So I am a month sober today. All right. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it's a heck of a way to, to to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's the funny part: I don't, I don't miss it one one hmm. bit. I don't have any desire to have a drink at all because I feel drunk all the time anyway. Yep. <laughs> you know, I can't speak. <laughs> uh, my equilibrium is off. I stumble around like a drunken sailor anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and you've and always I, made questionable decisions, whether sober always. or drunk. So there you go. And <laughs> and you know, I was getting my poor impulse control under control until the stroke hit. Now it's out the window. So I just <laughs> I, I my my lovely tongs that I my pride and joy are all bent to bent to shit now because I burned my hand the other day and uh, threw them against the wall with uh, <laughs> uh, vim and vigor, as it were, and bent them in yes. half. <laughs> So you're living so, your best life. Uh, <laughs> no, no holds barred. Not holding back. Yeah, that's pretty much just it. Out, out there, making the most of every moment. Good yeah, for you. That's all that I can do at this point because <laughs> yeah. it's that. Or, that's it. Um, and and since I do have so much time, and I'm up at all hours thanks to the insomnia, I was taking the dogs out about three in the morning the other day, and I noticed a Chevy Silverado was kind of casing the neighborhood at three in the morning. I'm like, hmm. hmm. Okay. And I remembered on the neighborhood app on ring, people had been saying that, uh, in the mornings, there has been a Chevy Silverado in different parts of the neighborhood. And there's usually a crew on foot that they're spotting for, and they're trying to break into people's cars. So me being a good netizen, I jumped on to, uh, the neighborhood app and, uh, said, Hey guys, if you're in this part of the neighborhood, the Chevy Silverado's back. If you're awake, go make sure your cars are locked. So I got a notice from neighbors or the neighborhood app. And uh, they said, your post was reviewed by a member of our team and it was not approved. Neighbors posts are intended to help the community stay informed about safety related incidents. Previously, this type of content was allowed on neighbors. However, we have made changes to be more selective. While posts must relate to crime and safety, not every crime or safety or, or not every crime or every safety event can be posted. For more information, please review blah, 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 blah. So Fuck if you. <laughs> you happen to be in Bel Air and posted, there is an African-American man walking up and down the street at three in the morning. I have a feeling that would get through and get approved. That would, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to go on the other one for that. That's yeah, the other app. <laughs> yeah. Why do you suppose they rejected your post, though? What do you think made triggered that? I have no idea because this is a post that everybody's been making. So maybe other people like mark theirs, like flag theirs talking about that or maybe, maybe the guy with the chevy silverado is actually on there and, and flagging it hang on a but second hey. we are surprised by a social network making arbitrary decisions about oh content. yeah <laughs> hmm. yeah yeah I, I really should have just posted this on next door and i'd have been fine yeah yes. yeah yeah wow all I right, you guys would get a kick out of that. That is funny. That is no, that's that's good. I think you that's need to good. turn this into an experiment and just start making shit up to post to see what flies and what doesn't. That's true. I am anonymous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, Everybody, you're not going to believe this, but new this segment morning at three in the morning. I saw a kangaroo ru- running down the middle of the street. It was wearing boxing gloves. And, uh, it was going from car to car and punching out the windows. Just a heads up. Just a heads up. Uh, be guys. Look, on the lookout for a kangaroo. <laughs> kind of looks like a giant mouse. What's funny is I do know somebody who had an illegal kangaroo in the neighborhood. Oh, of course you do. Of course you do. Right. Of course you do. Oh, it is <laughs> LA. A black market kangaroo. Yes, oh, it was man. a black market kangaroo. 
Uh, and you wouldn't know who it was. They're very famous. Who <laughs> had that kangaroo? All right, let's move on to Boba Fett now. Um, Bootlego yeah. sent this in. If you guys haven't heard this before, you should, especially Dave. And this is a YouTube mm-hmm. video. Fett's Vet 2021 music video featuring MC Chris. Yeah, love I it. I watched Love it. it. It was wonderful. Yep. Yep. My backpacks got jets. I love it. <laughs> I also thought to myself, uh, I have never been more interested in the possibility of owning a Corvette than in the moment after I watched this video. Uh, because in this video, there is someone who has taken their Corvette and painted it with to, to look like Boba Fett's helmet, Boba Fett's colors and, mm-hmm. you know, scraped up and dinged up and everything. And, you know, it kind of works. Yeah. kind of works to have it a did. Boba Vet. I, I mean, that. yep. Gotta say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the latest episode, uh, it was fine. And uh, I, I did just want to touch on this. I probably should. Hey, hey, are you guys going to do spoilers? Because I'm going to have to take my headphones off. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, there is. Uh, well, I, yeah, I guess this is sort of a spoiler. So go ahead and. And take your head. No, I'll take one for the okay. team because I really well, don't care about the show. It, it, it's all flashbacks, and we know he gets his ship back. But uh, they renamed the ship from Canon. Uh, it is no longer the Slave One, which is what it has always been called. I had the Slave One toy as a young child. Yeah. They have called it now the Fire Spray Gunship. So this what? is the new name for the Slave One because it's Disney. That- and we can't Ugh. use the word slave. Here's the problem I have with this. And here's where I sometimes almost, I wouldn't say I would order a MAGA hat or wear one. But sometimes <laughs> I understand where the frustrations Uh-oh. can kind of come from. Yeah. Disney is renaming canon because of the word slave, yet had no problems showing slaves in all the movies. What do you think the stormtroopers were in the recent ones? They were all slaves. They were all captured children that were brought into servitude for the empire. What do you think those little kids, the kid with the broomstick that was supposed to show that anybody could become a Jedi in the end of that last movie? They were slaves. They were slave kids. You have no problem having slaves in the universe, but you can't use the word slave one. Right. The Wookiees and the Spice Mines. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's, there are slaves littered all over Star Wars, and even the recent ones made by Disney. But we can't call the ship what it's always been called. Well, okay. you know, we do. You know, next episode it will be Woka Fett. So, <laughs> where we're going, and the Wookies instead of the Wookies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I, I first of all, I was not aware that that there'd been this renaming. Um, I guess I didn't have so much of a problem with the name kind of fading away. Yeah. And not being front and center, and and those you of just us don't who name it. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't but, say all the name. of us know what it is called and you don't have to say it anymore. But we all all from all of us from the old days, we know what it's called. Uh, but to rename it. Yeah, that's a, that's too far for me. I, I don't see, like that at all. The, the if reason... they were, they should have been, though. It should have been the Boba Vett. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> the, the reason for the actual need for a new name is, of course, merchandise, because you can't just put out a box uh... that says ship. <laughs> well, but Lego's been doing that for a couple of years now. Yeah. And well, all that's the, how we uh, knew about the renaming because of, of toys and all that sort of stuff. So we knew yeah. it was coming. But I this think, is the first uh, time it was what, actually my son, made canon. My, my son Jack got a Boba Fett uh, ship for Christmas, a Lego, and mm-hmm. it was just called Boba Fett's ship. Okay. There you go. <laughs> they should yeah. have just left it at that, really. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm yeah. okay with that. Mm-hmm. That, ugh. Well, anyway, I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fun. 
Um, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see where it's going. It seems like we've turned a bit of a corner here. We're not going to be doing so many flashbacks. And I'm a little confused with uh, some of the timeline ver- where this is happening versus when Return of the Jedi ended and how long exactly was he in the Sarlacc pit and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I'm going to try not to overthink all that and just enjoy the ride and that we're getting some good Star Wars week by week and and I can enjoy that with yep. with my family and just be happy for that. Yes, in, indeed. And my son, who is still too young to have really watched the movies, he's getting there. Um, but he has uh, the little golden books of all the stories, which he really likes. And he is fascinated mm. by the Sarlacc and has been asking me for months now, how does Boba Fett get out of the Sarlacc? And I have the answer, but I just can't show it to him yet because he's still not old enough for any of this. So he will have to wait a bit longer, but I'm I'm excited. I, I will say, uh, Brian, I don't know if you had this moment as well, but there was a moment in the show, I'll try to make this spoiler free, where there was a very specific sound effect that was used. Yes. And... <laughs> And I turned to my son and my son turned to me and we both went, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that, that, that was that was nice. Nicely done. Nicely yes, done. It was. It so, was well done. So, so I assume it's Jason, not the Wilhelm scream. No. <laughs> no. no. Although that's another one. My son and I always look at each other when we hear that one. We look at each other and go, Wilhelm. But yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I, th- I, think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it as well, Jason. So. Yeah. All it, right. was, it was good. Uh, a bit more. And you guys, follow. you guys did see the tweet about the uh, the smiley face on the back of the ship. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's his a smiling ship, slave. As much as I love his ship, well, <laughs> it's a very happy it's slave. It's an iron. It's an iron. It's it's an iron. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's a clothes iron. That's you know, but it's still cool because it's Boba Fett. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. And other follow up. Mike writes in, "Hey Grumps, as a tip on casual prepping, try the following podcast: the Casual Preppers Podcast. They also have a Facebook group. Keep grumping. Sincerely, Mike from Denmark. And we got a lot more rational prepper advice coming in via our Twitter and Discord. So, Dave, you might have to dip into that Discord and get uh, buried in an avalanche of uh, furry gifts <laughs> when you do so. But uh... <laughs> is uh, isn't Casual Prepper an oxymoron? <laughs> yeah, kind of." I mean, you know, laissez-faire. Yeah, I've got some water. Maybe yeah, I'll get a blanket. <laughs> right, I'm yeah. good. We're good here, right? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I got a, yeah. I think I got some double-A batteries in a drawer somewhere. Some jerky. Check the drunk some jerky around. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason, are you going to be following up? Or are you going to be I am. actually I am. putting stuff down? When my brain works again, I started to okay. write some stuff down, but it's just I don't have the I don't have the mental capacity to get to that just yet. So at some oh, point in the future, time. yeah, yeah, not rushing it, not rushing it. It's so. not like we're coming up against you know the end of the world or anything. So just take your time. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we do actually have a little bit of security news here. We'll get to that too. Uh, Israeli police have employed the NSO group's Pegasus spyware to extract data from phones belonging to Israeli citizens, according to an investigation by uh, by one of the country's business publications. Uh, police reportedly used the software to target a number of individuals, including politicians and members of an activist group that had called for the removal of former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu, I always stumble over his name. I don't know why. Netanyahu. Yeah. Uh, According to the report, this was done without court supervision, a claim both police and public officials deny, of course. So this is a month after Reuters found the Pegasus spyware had been used to target at least nine U.S. state 
department officials. Uh, they do. <laughs> the NSO group has released a statement. We would like to clarify that the company does not operate the systems in its customer's possession and is not involved in their operation, meaning we sell it to you. Now, what you do with it is your own business. Mm-hmm. The so. Smith & Wesson model. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this Pegasus spyware is the gift that keeps on giving, and it's not going to surprise me to see that this is going to have a long tail yeah. of, uh, I don't know, nation states being embarrassed when it is revealed that they too were using this for their own purposes. Um, I suppose in one case, why not? You know, for espionage, it's an espionage tool, but yeah. um, you got to keep Got to keep your eyes on this stuff. Stay vigilant. And I don't remember exactly how that panned out with the uh, U.S. Uh, federal employees who were stationed in Uganda or whose work involved the African country. But uh, I am assuming that they had American phone numbers or phones with them. But uh, So if that's the case, NSO has claimed its software can't target devices linked to American or Israeli phone numbers. That appears to not be true. So we need to take any yeah. statement the group makes with a large grain of salt too big for Jason to eat. <laughs> yeah, my 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 understanding is that uh, for the State Department folks, they actually did have local phone numbers, and so that is why they were allowed to be targeted. Right. That local to the country that they were in, uh, that's what NSO Group has said anyway. But okay. uh, to your point, yes, the NSO Group <laughs> says a lot of things. Yes. Uh, well, I had one uh, story here that I thought was interesting for us. Uh, this comes from the Hacker News, and uh, it's about uh, Europol shutting down a VPN provider. They shut down um, VPN Lab, which evidently is used by a lot of malicious actors uh, deploying ransomware and, and other cyber crimes. Uh, Europol uh, took down a bunch of their servers um, and uh, basically shut them down. They said uh, – about 100 businesses have been identified as being at risk of impending cyber attacks. Um, so interesting to see a VPN company <laughs> shut down because of the people who were making use of their uh, services. I suppose um, it seems as though VPN Lab had made a name for themselves as, as being a provider that was willing to look the other way. Right. Unfortunately, it's also one of the few uh, VPNs that still worked with Netflix. So that's a un- Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> it's actually true. Uh, it, it was Net, Netflix has really cracked it, cracked down recently, and I've had to actually switch uh, VPN providers a few times to continue to get my U.S. Netflix while I'm here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So there's oh. a there's a lot go a lot of whack a mole going on in the VPN world these days. It's interesting, mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, uh, the fact that they were basically kind of seen as the uh, VPN of choice if you wanted to do horrible stuff is pretty funny. There is another Jason? way to do that. Uh, you don't actually need a commercial VPN provider. You can spin up an Amazon uh, EC2 instance and install your own VPN on it and actually connect to that and use that to bounce your traffic. And then you can just get the elastic IP addresses and change them whenever you want. So if you want to do it yourself, there is an easy way to do it. And it's fairly cheap for just because it, it doesn't have to be up all the time. You can just pop it up when you want to spin up a an instance and check out a movie for a couple hours. It'll cost yeah, you a couple the, cents to do that. The, the problem with Netflix is that they've actually devoted quite a lot of resources recently to sorting out the pools of IP addresses used by the bigger VPNs and blocking them. Well, so. Right, but this isn't a VPN. I'm saying this is an, an Amazon EC2 oh, right, right. Gotcha. Uh, instance. You right. know, so, so you're using the Amazon Elastic IP. So there's so many of them, they're not going to be blocking that pool, I believe. Hmm, interesting. Uh, it's, worth, <laughs> it's worth a shot. 
You use that word easy. You keep using that word. I do not think that means what you think it means. It, it yes, actually exactly. is fairly easy. It is fairly easy. Well, yeah. Jason, but what if, what if, for example, one of our listeners was, in, was searching for a quality VPN? Is there, is there a place that they could, could find out about that? Let me reach back into the far recesses of my brain and, oh, there it is, GOG.show slash VPN to get your <laughs> VPN needs. That's right. Don't, le- don't, don't ever let it be said that I am not a team player. <laughs> yes, you are, sir. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I think that'll do it for this week. Yeah. Uh, until next time, I'm going to be cruising around in my Boba Vet. Boba Vet. Closing shout out. Over at Patreon, we'd like to welcome Doc and Kevin. Welcome aboard, guys, gals. Thank you. And over at PayPal, we've got Edward, Dag, Nathaniel, John, Tom, Pedro, Michael, Ramsey, John, Andrew, Tom. A couple Johns and Toms. Michelle, Michael, a couple Michaels. And Alex, who says, hi, Jason. I hope your recovery goes well and you are back up and running normally in no time. I just donated 10 bucks on PayPal to help with your bills. I hope it makes a small dent. And uh, I guess we need to decide what our cutoff for the whales is, Jason. Should we say 50? <laughs> sure. Okay. So whales at 50 bucks. We've got Frode and Anthony. At 100 bucks, we've got Jonathan. And at 150 bucks, we've got Rafal. Thank you all so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Kaiser Permanente. Thanks you very much. <laughs> Over at Stripe, we've got Robert, 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 Ribbit. Robert, Karen, and Sean. All right. Thanks, guys, so, so much. And a big shout out this week, of course, to everybody uh, who's been talking to me on the the Twitters and the Discords and the video game chats and the emails and the telephones and every place else. Thank you all very much uh, for keeping me uh, somewhat perked up. I appreciate it. In those in-between times when I'm not watching or reading about the apocalypse. Or sleeping. Or sleeping. <laughs> or cooking. <laughs> cooking. I, I cook most. You know, but that's, yeah, that's it. Go ahead. Let's get out of here. All right. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoyed the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free, and we really do appreciate that a lot. Tell your friends, people, please. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 537. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy.